So we're in this series called Bless This Home, and we're talking about the idea of calling blessing on into our home. And so before I move on, I have to say none of us would be in a position to be able to have the freedom to call blessing onto our home if it wasn't for those that lay down their life. Amen. So let's just give them a hand clap. Honor. <laughs> and call that blessing on their life this week, especially... If you go to parades tomorrow and, and spend time with family, speak blessing on those families because obviously it's a, it's a difficult time uh, that, that, of course, occurs for them every year as they, as they remember and as we honor. So pray that blessing and peace onto their lives uh, as well. So this video, what we love about this series is it's real. It's, uh, I think all of us can relate to different times or different houses in this picture here. You know, the, the ideal, uh, as Andy called it last week, the leave it to beaver, the house at the end where everything's perfect and clean and kept and all this stuff, but it's not reality. And, you know, a lot of times I would say we probably relate to some of the other houses more often than we do the last house. But God knew that we'd be in these scenarios. God knew that we'd be in times where stuff's crazy and stuff's going all sideways. And, and he gave us some promises that we're going to look at that we can speak into our home, that we can strive and, and have times in, in parts of our life where we, we are the last home, where things are coming together and God is honoring the house and the home that we've built. And so we started this series looking at a few scriptures that I just want to remind you of. Um, the scripture, a lot of times when they would start a new writing, the, the writer would say, hey, uh, I know that you know this, or it's good that I remind you of these things, and so it's good for all of us to have refreshers uh, on things that, we, yeah, I, I know that we should be doing that, but, but keeping them in mind and keeping them at the forefront is a big deal. So Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. At first you read the beginning, you think you're talking about building a house and putting stuff together and knowing how to do it, but then it throws in knowledge and filled with precious riches. And the parallel here is, is our homes. You know, to build our homes, uh, we, we got to walk in wisdom. We got to put ourselves in situations where we gain wisdom and we, and we have good counsel and we learn, okay, God, how do you want us to structure how we raise our kids and all this stuff? And because um, the whole thing that says... Uh, if you aim for nothing, if you just have no plan, if you don't ever seek wisdom, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time, but you end up with nothing. You've hit nothing. And so uh, it's important for us to, to build our homes and to structure our houses with wisdom and understanding. And then when that happens, they're filled with precious and pleasant riches, which to me are the good qualities of life. Now, I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about you have peace and joy and grace and um, all that stuff. And so so that's a scripture there. And then the scripture begins to show us how we can call things unto our home. Luke 10, 5 says, Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Whenever you, another translation says, Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, May God's peace be on this house. You can say that about your house. You can take God up on that. You can, stuff's going crazy, you know, you're burning the toast, all this stuff's going, oh, wait a minute, may God's peace be on this house. Somebody say amen. First Samuel 25, 6 says, say to him, long life to you. This is another promise you can speak into existence. Long life to you, good health to you and to your household and good health to all that is yours. Another translation says, and thus you shall say, have long life peace be to you and peace be to your house. They're very specific about your home can be at peace and peace to all that you have. Matthew six thirty three. we all know the classic scripture, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Joshua said, as far as, as for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. He made up his mind like, hey, my house is going to operate this way. We're going to serve the Lord. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. In your lives, with our homes, in your household, in the way that you exist, you can do that. You can say, God, I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, your ways to exist in my home and in my life. And the scripture promises that you'll, you'll see that fulfilled. You'll see that become a part of your life when you put him first. And so we don't have to run around depressed and stressed. We have a two and a half year old, almost two and a half year old. And it'd be so easy to say, oh, you know, another terrible day. She's a two-year-old, terrible too. And we could just accept it like that. Or we could be, hey, blessed, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's a rough day, but God, we're calling peace onto this home. And we're calling grace and, we're call- and all that kind of stuff. Because God will meet you there. Amen? And so don't just settle for, well, that's what the mommy blog says we should deal with. I guess that's what it is. Every mom, I shouldn't say that. I don't like mommy blogs. And I was about to go there, but I'll leave it alone. So bless their hearts. That's what you say in the South when you say something. You, bless their heart. Yeah, bless their heart. You know, Hunter, he's the quarterback for the Ducks. Where, Hunter, are you in here somewhere? Oh, yeah, see him? He drinks smoothies. He drinks smoothies. Yeah, he's a little quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he's the quarterback for the Zealand Ducks, okay? He's the future of this town. You should get to know him. He's the future of this town. He's going he's gonna to go on to play for great teams like the University of Michigan, and, uh, and uh, we won't let him bottom feed with, like, the Spartans or the Buckeyes or anything. And, uh, and he comes in with, like, a, a pink cup and a pink smoothie and, like, a pink straw, and I was like, what's up, quarterback? Like, what do you... <laughs> anyway. So we just... We just... We just speak toughness into you, buddy, over there. <laughs> um, anyway, he's my boy, so I'm just messing with him. So check this out. And so, and so blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And you can be filled. Those things can be a part of your life. And so um, your house, uh, your house, what, what does it look like for you? Like, how do you measure it? How, what, what is it for you? To, the things that you desire, the things that you strive for, the blessing that you call into your home, what does that look like? Is it just, oh, if I keep up with the Joneses enough, then I'm doing a good job? Like, what's your standard? What's your measure? A lot of times in life we go, uh, you know, well, at least I'm doing a little bit better than so-and-so. And we just make the radar like, oh, just a little bit above the bottom, then I'm doing okay. No, compare yourself to the best. Compare yourself, and not that you compare yourself, but set the mark high. Aim for greatness. Trust God in your life. And so where are you getting your standard? Is it keeping up with just the Joneses? Um, Family values and calling a blessing, you know, you grow up and a lot of your parents, you know, you get in trouble and they say, hey, you know, that's not how this family works. That's not how things, and I'm sure a lot of you, your parents said that too, that's not how this works around here. And it's because you, you knew what the family way was. You knew what the family value was. And the hard part a lot of times in church is we move the radar a lot. We go, we go on Sunday, we're one way, but then during the week, on the weekend, we're another way. And we're always changing it. So it's hard to say these are the family values. And so it's important for us as Christians and Christ followers, to determine, hey, what are we striving for? What are we seeking after? What are we hungering, thirsting for? Because then our kids will follow in that, amen? There's this thought that's called, um, some things are taught and some things are caught. And the trouble with that is you can go, okay, I'm intentionally teaching this, but over here I'm acting like this and my kids are just catching it. Uh, we have a little baby in uh, Caroline, my daughter, who's two and a half, she, she um, and Charlie cries, or makes noise. It's so funny. She'll throw her toys, she'll drop whatever. And she says, uh, it's okay, Charlie, I'm coming. And she goes to get him. 
And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Where did she think of that? And then I noticed the other day, Caroline, or uh, Charlie would be crying, and Jess would be like, just a minute, Charlie, I'm coming. That was a cop thing. We never sat down and said like, hey, this, whatever. So we were having a garage sale. And uh, the last few years, we've moved like three or four times. And uh, we've just collected a lot of stuff because we would say, hey, just save it. We'll have a garage sale someday. And so it just became a ton of stuff. And it was so funny. I'm out there preparing for this garage sale. I'm going through all this junk. It's just junk. And uh, my dad, who's here, uh, I would help him clean out his barn and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I just remember we would always laugh because he doesn't get rid of stuff. And he would say this famous line. He would always say, uh, let's hang on to that. It's good to have. We might need it for something. <laughs> let's hang on to that. It's good to have. We might need it for something. I was just like, well, of course. If you hang on to something, you could use it for something. But do we, like, need it right now, you know? And so, like, my mom and I, we would rent a dumpster to clean his barn. And we're just, like, throwing his stuff away. Like, he just doesn't even... So I kid you not, this is a caught thing, not a taught thing. I'm going through all my stuff, and I'm looking at stuff, just probably just standing there just like my dad. Just, just like, what about this? Well, you know, it's good to have. You know, we should hang on to that. I might use that for something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <clears throat> that just happened, you know. And I called the therapist, and I got some appointments going. And so, But that's a caught thing. And so my encouragement to you is, not that you got to live on eggshells and watch everything that you're doing. But if you know your goals and you set your plans and you, and you know what you're aiming after, both things that are taught and caught will end the way that you want them to, filled with what God has for you. Amen? Mark eleven twenty four says, I tell you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and they are yours. That word desire doesn't even need to be in there. I tell you, whatsoever things... Uh, when you pray, believe that you have them. But, but it made it clear, like, in order for God to move in your prayer life, it has to be something that you desire. You have to attach some stronger passion to it, you know? And so in your life, it's the same thing. Well, what are those desires? Have you worked those out? The scripture says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Well, what does that look like in raising kids? What does that look like in your resources and your finances? And I know that there's times that you say, Pastor Josh, I've been praying for years and years and I desire it. And it hasn't come through. I get that. And, and, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your and how you're raising and setting your structure. Uh, what are the things that you desire? Have you determined what those things are? I believe this, that the reason that a lot of Christians or uh, Christianity as a whole across culture uh, doesn't have the impact or the influence that it should have is because we lack desire. We lack just that passion of getting out there and, and living on display the things of God in our life. Amen. Here's what I believe. I believe we don't have a drug problem. I don't believe we have an alcohol problem in our culture. I don't believe any of that stuff. What I believe is that we don't have, or we have a desire problem. We have people who make an excuses, who are looking for, you know, just an easy way out, all these kinds of things. If we had people that said, I serve a mighty God, and if I attach my life with desire to the things of God, we'll see great things happen in our community. Amen. And so uh, we need to be people that live with some desire. I thought about this. What, what are your desires? Where do they come from? Where are we getting them from? And unfortunately with culture, I mean, our desire is, oh, you know, I'm going to live this. I'll, operate, I'll keep up. I'm going to set my goals based on keeping up with the Kardashians or what I see over here or whatever, all this stuff. And our bar is not even close to what God has designed for you. Amen. So carve out time. Um, it's huge for you to be specific. We'll talk about it in a minute. Thad, are you in here? Where's Thad? So we have a setup team 
Oh, he might be on security. Is he on security? Okay. So it just furthers my point. So Thad, uh, Thad, we have a setup team that comes in here about 7.30, and they put the platform down, all these curtains, and they do some stuff for about an hour. But Thad took extra work last night, went into work, worked all night, easily could have picked up the phone and said, hey, guys, can't serve. I just worked all night, need to go to bed. Nope, Thad comes walking in this morning right out of work, like, hey, guys, totally sets up. Now he's out there doing security, walking around our building, make sure everybody's safe right now. Why? Because he's determined what his desires are. In his life, he said, hey, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying we all got to go to work and come straight to church or anything like that. But in his life, this is a passion for him. Serving his community and loving on others, that's a passion and a desire, amen? So check this out. Desire, having desire in your life, it accepts no defeat. Oftentimes, two equal teams get together and uh, they're equal in talent, but the one with the most desire is the one that usually wins. There is no replacement for desire. If you look it up, its translation is it's a consuming passion and an undying drive. There is no substitute or replacement for desire. Uh, in our lives, in our prayer life, we have to have that consuming passion, that undying as we pray and as we seek God for things in our life. Uh, it's so important for us to operate that way. Proof is in the pursuit. I could say, hey, I want to be a keyboard player. I'm going to learn to be a keyboard player. That's what I want to do. Wanna... But if I never took a lesson, if I never bought a keyboard, do I truly want to be a keyboard player? No, proof is in the fact that I bought a keyboard, I'm taking lessons, I'm doing those things, amen? Same thing in our life. Oh, we want to have a blessed home. We want to, well, proof is in the pursuit. What are you putting in place in your calendar and all of your things? What are you putting in place to be able to do that, amen? I love this. F failing to plan is planning to fail. We can all come in here and say, amen, sounds good, blessed home or whatever. But what plans are we putting in place to make that happen? Um, I thought about this. You're only, I love this saying, you're only as good as your plan. You're only as good as your plan. No plan, no good. Like whatever you're set out to desire, if you don't have a plan there, it's no good. You're not going to accomplish it. And so my encouragement for you, have a plan for your kids on how you're going to raise them, where you want them to be. We do it naturally with, oh, this kind of school and we want them at this. But spiritually in the things of God, like where do you want them? Where do you want them? Grandparents, for you too. For me, we were at Kids Hope this week, and uh, there's about 20 kids there, and um, Vanessa and I, our children's director, we went in, and we're kind of learning the ropes before we get everybody plugged in in the fall. And it was a blessing. It blessed my heart, but it was also kind of sad. Um, majority of the, of the mentors there were much older grandparent age, and it blessed me, one, because that generation, you know, you have all the right. You've worked. You've retired. You know, you have all the right to kick your feet up and do that, but they had this mindset of, hey, we can continue instilling and raising up and calling blessing onto the next generation's home, amen? Yeah. So even as a grandparent, even as people who interact with other students or you're a teacher or something, have a plan, have desires about how you're going to uh, support and instill the things of God and call blessing onto other people's home, amen? Scripture says this, says, the one thing that I have desired that I will seek after. So, so many times in scripture, it's saying it's one thing to have a passion, but it's a whole nother thing to seek after. Those two things have to go together. It's great to have passion. It's great to have, oh, I want to do this for God. I want to do that. But it's a, you, you have to follow that by doing it. Amen. 
we started doing these stupid workouts, uh, CrossFit gym. I pray every day they close up. Eli's over here. Um, I'm going on his internet and writing bad reviews and stuff. Like, I think the instructor was drunk. He's homeless, I think. Look at him. He's a caveman. I don't even, I don't know what's wrong with him. I went there and I got fleas from him, I think. I don't even, no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. He's my, oh, oh my, you're so mad at me. Oh, look, you all feel so bad. You're all going to go work out this week with him, right? Look at this, Eli. Like, you're going to do good. Oh, now we don't care about him so much. Look at that. Oh, okay. Anyway, so my wife always makes fun of me because, uh, you know, we've had the kid and all this different stuff. So I've, I can't even tell you I've been inconsistent. I just haven't gone. But so many times I'm like, all right, cool. So I get my shorts and my shirt and I put my shoes out. Jess is like, it's one thing to like put your stuff out. It's a whole nother thing. And how often do we do that with our families, right? Like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to put our stuff out. But then we don't follow through. We need to be a people that follow through, amen? And so uh, the steps of the Lord, God, or <laughs> God orchestrates all of our steps. The steps of the righteous are ordained by the Lord. Uh, I love this. I'm going to read a whole bunch off to you, and then we'll, we'll get ready to close in a minute. Lauren, if you want to come play. Psalm 1611 talks about it's one thing to pray all day and have all these desires and plans. All that stuff is great, but the enemy doesn't get scared of that. Prayer is important, and he doesn't want us praying. But if all we did was pray and pray and pray and none of us ever went out and put that in action and put our boots on the ground and actually started making a difference, amen? I mean, it's one thing to have a burning bush experience, but it's a whole nother thing to go out there and set your people free, amen? And so, uh, and so for us, it's great uh, to pray and prayer meetings, all that kind of stuff, but we have to put it in action. And so there's tons of scripture that I'm going to show you that talks about how God gets that and that he's with you. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. Talking about the path. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd is somebody who leads you and guides you. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Again, talking about there's actions in this. I will counsel you with my loving eye. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord's steps, not thoughts steps, things that we're in action doing. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, talking about action that we're actually taking. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. So that's one thing to acknowledge him. But the second part is, and then he directs my path because we're supposed to be active and operating in these things. Thus says the Lord, my Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way that you should go. Isaiah 48, 17. Again, action, doing, more than just saying. It's taking the things of God that we get on a Sunday and in our devotionals, like Austin was saying, all those things and putting them in place. Make them an active part of how we live it out. Amen? I love this. Pastor Willie George says, we spend so much time praying for the next move of God to come. Could it be God is just waiting for us to be his next move of God, just waiting on us? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's have a great move of God. Let's go do it, right? And we say, oh, God, I want the next move. Let's get out there and do that and be that. Amen? My last thought is this. So many times in Scripture, the mindset was, I won't quit. I'm not backing down. Jacob wrestled with God, said, I won't stop till you bless me. Elisha, the plowboy, his desire was that two times the miracle of Elijah. Well, he dies, gets thrown in a cave. 
And they said, well, he was one miracle short. He didn't have the double portion. He didn't get what God promised. But then there was a war in the land and they threw a dead body and it hit his bones. And that came back to life. It was the miracle that was needed even after he was dead. God honors your desires, I believe, for future generations. Amen? The Apostle Paul, the scripture says, if you read his personality and his type, says he was not a tall person. He wasn't handsome, not a great personality. The scripture says he looked weak. Some say he might have had a high voice. They wrote in scripture that he was sensitive. Uh, some believe that the, the thing that bothered him was that his eyes ran. Because of all the things he encountered in life, he had scars all over his body. But Paul said this, none of these things moved me. On top of those things that I mentioned, he had the 40 stripes of the Jews happened to him three times, three times, or yeah, three times. He also had the beating. He got beat, which some people die by this. Three times he was beaten by the rod. One time he was stoned, which was where you should be left for dead. And then also he was shipwrecked. And at the end of all of that, he says, none of these things moved me or none of these things stole my desire. He stayed at it because he knew the only way to live and, and live in fullness of life is to live full of desire, chasing the things of God, because God promises that you shall be filled. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? You can bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to offer one prayer invitation before we leave. If you're in here this morning, you say, man, Pastor Josh, I've never thought of it or looked at it that way, or today I know I need to make some changes to be able to call blessing into my home. I want to begin to pursue God or take some steps toward Christianity and, and become a Christ follower and, and make a commitment to God in my life and make a, make a change in the way that you've been living. The cool thing is the scripture promises that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised his son from the dead, you shall be saved. And some call it the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation but God will forgive you of your sins and heaven will be your eternity. So we're not gonna call you out or have you come forward or embarrass you in any way. But if you're in here and you say, yeah, I wanna be a part of that prayer, right where you're sitting, and we'll all pray it together. If you wanna participate in that, I'm just gonna ask you on the count of three to raise up your hand. We, again, won't embarrass you or single you out or anything like that. I just wanna acknowledge it. Just kind of me and you see it. And uh, again, not gonna point you out. But then we'll pray that prayer and I begin, I believe life change will happen. Like what I was talking about. You're gonna go from just setting stuff out and having some good ideas, but actually following through and living the way that God called you to live. Amen. So if you're in here, you say, yeah, I wanna be in on that prayer. I wanna make a commitment for Christ today. That's you on three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. If you're in here, anybody? Okay, see that hand, anybody else? Cool. Let's all pray this out together. For those of you that raised your hand, participate with us in this. Let's say this. Say, God, today I choose you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.